is good, sports world. Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast and our weekly NFL rants and raves episode. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer. We're going to be talking about our NFL go baller power rankings, our rants, and our raves for the week. That was week seven, looking ahead to some things and some games to watch for in week eight as well, and talking about some of the most recent, hottest NFL news, including trades galore as we get close to the NFL trade deadline. Without further ado, Mr. Alan Dell, you've got some things you'd like to talk about. First of all, involving the news of the week earlier this week and that Amari Cooper was traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick. Jerry Jones buying high on the former first-round pick out of Alabama, Amari Cooper. He's really not been very effective the last couple of years. A pro football f- focus who's the, the, quote, encyclopedia of the NFL they really do deep studies, stats on everybody. And their, their reasoning on Amari Cooper is he just wasn't throwing the ball enough. Uh, he's had some really unproductive seasons recently, and he certainly is enough to raise an eyebrow on why you would uh, give up a first-round pick. Uh, but according to them, uh, he'll do better when he gets more targets. Uh, he hasn't had many targets. I mean, in the first two years in the league, he had two straight 1,000-yard seasons, and uh, he's gone downhill. Well, ever. he's only had one down year since then, right, because this is his fourth season. Yeah. So out of, out of the three full seasons he's played, he's had ba- he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, as you said. <laughs> Pro Bowler at age 24, he was the fourth, you know, fourth overall pick in the first round by the Oakland Raiders, and looked like this guy was on pace for a potential Hall of Fame career. And no one's to say that's not possible still for the young kid there. But last year, you know, 48 catches, 680 yards is basically almost half of what he did in each, in each of his first two seasons. Is that because of the decline of quarterback Derek Carr? Are you are you blaming the quarterback? Well, looks he's had a. You can turn that a different way, too. He's had 19 games where he has 30 or fewer receiving yards. You're making me look bad, man. bust type player. According to Pro Football Focus, he averaged 4.15 targets per game. In my opinion, that's In those that poor sucked. performances as opposed to 9.1 targets. Of the 32 games, so the question is, well, was that his inability to get open or was that – Poor quarterback play. It remains to be seen. He's a risk any way you look at it for number one. Whichever way you look at this trade, it's good for Oakland because they're 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 running a fire sale right now. Gruden's <laughs> already got three number one picks in this year's draft or next year's draft, and then he's got two in the one after. I'm sure a lot more to come. So yeah, and, and it's pe- a great trade for Oakland. Well, people people are louding Gruden for stacking up the draft picks, and I'm not. This is not a bad trade. I don't know if the Khalil Mack trade was really all that great because I think Khalil Mack is worth more than unknown talent in the draft picks you're going to get back for him, but. Amari Cooper, he obviously wasn't – he hasn't been that productive in the last two seasons, even though we're just talking about a season and a half right now, or not even a half season, six games played for Amari Cooper this year in 2018, 22 catches, only 280 yards. So he was on pace already for less than the 680 yards he put up last season, even though his average yards per catch was, was about the same. And, you know, you, you talk about him not getting as many catches in 2017. He did have a career-high seven touchdowns last year in 2017, despite being a quote-unquote down year for him. So, Amari Cooper has the physical tools. I don't know, is it separation? Is, is it drops that have plagued him at some times in the past that have led to those low-target type of games? Is it just the incompetence of the Oakland Raiders play calling and the coaches there? Is it the decline of quarterback Derek Carr, who 
has not looked like himself since coming back from injury over a year ago. He can contribute that to both of those things, but the Dallas Cowboys needed to address this issue in the offseason. It's, it's a big reason they didn't bring Des Bryant back. They didn't think he could be that number one, and they tried working it out with the guys they had in-house this year, and it simply hasn't worked so far. They had a big, a big win two weeks ago against, against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, but they were really exposed in that offense against the Washington Redskins in a division matchup this past weekend. So Jerry Jones not afraid to pull the trigger on a deal like that. And at the end of the day, even if you have three first-round draft picks, there's no guarantee any of those guys are going to be good players. Yeah, but that's pretty good, three first-round picks. Well, we'll I mean, see if John Gruden can hit on those. Well, yeah, he's been uh, criticized for being a poor drafter, or he was when he was with the Bucks. We don't know how much exactly how much power he had in that uh, – yeah, there's a lot of things going wrong in Oakland, so it's good for Amari to get out of there. Eric Carr even going to be with the team? Yeah, that's, well, he's, he's another guy that could get he, traded. Well, John Gruden doesn't like young quarterbacks, does he? He doesn't like young players, period. The hell on, Felicia. So who knows what? I think it's open season on everybody. The fire sale has started. When they move to Las Vegas, Vegas baby, I don't Vegas. know. Nobody knows where they're going to play next year. So when they move to Las Vegas, there's going to be an, almost an entire new team. I, more than half of the roster that's with them now will be gone. I mean, that's, so it remains to be seen. Uh, we know what Gruden's up to now. Tanking, whatever. They don't lose on purpose. But what you do, like in the NBA, does a lot. You put out an inferior, an inferior product. The guys that are out there, they play hard, but they're just not good enough to win, and that's what the Raiders are doing. Point and well just Derek Carr this year hasn't been effective himself, even with the weapons they brought in, Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant. Obviously, those guys, maybe they're not the best guys you could have brought in to help with the receiver position, but Carr, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, two fumbles already through six games, so 10 turnovers compared to seven touchdowns that's not going to do it for you but moving on to the rest we talked about the Giants making a lot of trades you mentioned the fire sale and a lot of people turned their heads when they saw the Giants traded Eli dot 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 turned out to be Eli Apple and not Eli Manning and now they traded one of their best defensive players you mentioned him earlier defensive tackle Damon Harrison to the Lions for just a fifth round pick so what are the what are the Giants doing right now? Yeah, they, that, that, you think the, the the defense is one of their saving graces this year? Are they just giving up on the season or what? Yeah, that that was another one that that didn't get the publicity that maybe it should have. Again, I'm going to refer to Pro Football Focus. They got him rated as among the top defensive linemen, top ten defensive linemen in the country for the last six years. Word. And yeah, he's played over 200 saps. He has an 89.9 overall grade. In 2018, which placed him seventh on all, among all interior defensive linemen. So that that was kind of a shock. Nice pickup for the Lions for just a fifth round. It's rounder. great because they're, they're 22nd in uh, run defense, so that's certainly going to help. They call him a run-stopping percentage monster. Uh, with me! But the Giants are in a fire sale, whether Eli gets traded or at the end of the season he just rides off in a sunset with his millions of dollars. I just hope we can win the, 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 the big names on offense for the Giants, and they're not getting rid of any of those guys. Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, Eli Manning. Great and they seem content to stick with all those guys, but yet they're selling the defense whereas the defense has been at least twice, if not three times, as productive as the offense has had all year. The defense is the only reason they've even been able to compete in the, in the games that they've been in. I mean, they haven't been blown out every single week, but the New York Giants, I mean, obviously a struggling football team. They lost four in a row, sitting at one and six. They're 0 and three at home. Those New York fans aren't going to be happy about that that much longer. You look at their point differential, minus 48 on the season. That's second worst in the NFC. I'm sorry, third worst in the NFC outside the other one and six teams, the Cardinals and the 49ers. And in terms of just overall, it's, it's only worse than the Buffalo Bills 
and the Oakland Raiders. So we obviously two of those teams we've already talked about. All right, I'm fire excited. selling their players, trade deadline coming up. We're going to see, I think, a, a more active trade deadline than we've seen in recent years past, that's for sure. Yeah, and watch out for Detroit. All those fantasy people that are looking for defensive. According to Pro Football Focus, the Lions now possess three of the top 15 highest graded interior defensive linemen with the linemen with the addition of Harrison. No, oh, they let Kenyon Drake break off a 50-yard plus touchdown, so maybe Harrison will help with that in the coming weeks for sure and they have to contend with tough teams in their division. The Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, and Minnesota Vikings are all looking good. That looks like one of the deepest divisions in terms of just overall talent for each team. It's a complete toss-up division. You look at first place Minnesota, they're 4-2-1. They lose to the Saints this weekend. You could see no more than a half game separating first and last place in the NFC North. So that's definitely a talented. We talk about the NFC South all the time. I think the NFC North top to bottom is a much more competitive division. AFC North and NFC North look like the most balanced from top to bottom, but just kind of kind of segueing from that into overall our NFL weekly go ball or power rankings. Oh, yeah. We have pretty much the same sitting at the top four. I've got the Rams one, Patriots two, Chiefs three, Saints four. I know you've got the the, the Chiefs two and New England three. I no, got I got to keep no, New England ahead of Kansas City because the New England beat Kansas City yeah, head to head. I'm changing now. I got Rams, New England, KC, New Orleans, and the, and the Chargers who is, is my long shot to make the Super Bowl. He's Chargers high. winners of four in a row, but they had a hard time beating a pretty crummy Tennessee Titans team in London. But y'all don't say needed that. a long touchdown from Tyrell Williams just to put keep him in that game. What do you think? I, I don't know. I, I think the Chargers, it, it's it's good for them because they've been known to struggle out the gate in, in a lot of recent seasons under Phillip Rivers, and now they've had a hot start. So can they maintain that and finally get into the playoffs? I think if they do make it, they have one of the league's best running backs in Melvin Gordon. Obviously, Phillip Rivers is a veteran quarterback. I'm not going to put them in the top five yet. I think the Minnesota Vikings are a team that I had making at least the NFC Championship game from before the season started. I thought they should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, you know they 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 had they had some tough they they had some tough calls against the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs, but. The Vikings are right up there again. They've won three in a row. They're four, two, and one. They're my number five, and they can move up with a big time win against the Saints on Sunday night. That's my game of the week that I'm circling. Speaking of the Saints, you could move them up to number two. Why not? After their big win last Sunday against the team that allegedly has the best defense, you could the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. They needed some late heroics, but that's. That's commonplace for Drew Brees. Well, they did lose to the Bucks in week one, though. Well, that was week one. So they <laughs> and they barely beat the Browns in week two either. So. A lot of teams have barely beaten the Browns. I yeah, mean, yeah. The same Saint- time games. I, I was most impressed by the Saints, even though their offense didn't really put up the numbers this past week. They won at Baltimore, one of the league's top defenses. That's a tough road win coming off the bye. And, and nice to see for the Saints now that they have Mark Ingram back. Traquan Smith, the rookies, developing into another go-to target besides Michael Thomas for Drew Brees. Yeah, again, the Chargers' only losses are to the Rams and, and the Chiefs. So Yeah, two of the best teams in football. That, that's, for, that's for sure. I'll give a, another shout-out to the Carolina Panthers, who had the comeback win. They were down 17-0 in the fourth quarter, come back to beat the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Kind of a do-or-die game in London this Saturday. Two teams that were uh, – Almost met in the Super Bowl was the Jaguars, obviously almost getting the Super Bowl from the AFC last year. Now they're playing each other in London, Philadelphia Eagles 3-4, and four, Jags 3-4. and four. So I think the Panthers at 4-2 and two coming off that big comeback win. They're only one game behind the Saints, as good as the Saints are looking. I think the Panthers yeah. are a tough team to contend with well, as well. A team that's coming on strong is Pittsburgh, too. What's that? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, their defense has improved greatly. Uh, 
allowing fewer than 325 total yards in the last two weeks. Watch out for them. You always got to watch out for the Steelers. And when is Le'Veon Bell going to come back? I don't don't know. know. But whenever he comes back, he's he's going to improve that offense. If it happens, when it happens, no no one knows. It's complete hearsay. It's an old story people are tired of hearing. Yeah, I think think everyone's tired of hearing that. Le'Veon Bell needs to put some money in his pocket this season. That's for sure. Sticking to that division, the AFC North, I know you have your rant that you want to go off based off the Cleveland Browns game, losing at Tampa Bay, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, Mr. Allen Dell. My rant's on Hugh Jackson and just the inability to open up the offense. You, you trade away Carlos Hyde. You put the rookie Nick Chubb in there. You really take until the fourth quarter to get the guy going and start giving him the carries he needs and still not getting Duke Johnson involved in the passing game. The guy had a monster year catching pass out of the backfield last season. You figure the departure of Hyde's going to open things up. Chubb and Duke Johnson both to me were a little underwhelming. Chubb got going late. He got a goal line touchdown, but that it, that 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 Browns team, they've had so many close wins, so many overtime games, and the fact they couldn't go into Tampa and win that game, that's just really disappointing as a coach. You kidding you, me? You got to start having your team not be so mediocre and not being able to win well, games I at keep, the end. I keep, key playing that game was that fumble by Jabril Peppers. That, that, that was a killer. Yeah, that was, it was a killer, but they don't even need to put themselves in that position. The, the Browns, in my opinion, are better on paper. They have better personnel. The they Bears, should have won that game. They shouldn't have they needed were. to go into overtime. The defense, which has been touted as one of the better defense in the league, they let Jameis Winston throw all over them in the first half. I don't like the preparation of the players, which to me is a direct re- reflection of the coach. And obviously you had a little bit of rant that you wanted to go on the refs in that game, talking about the Baker Mayfield hit that really wasn't. Yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. He slid when you get hit, and he got hit helmet to helmet. was targeting Jordan Whitehead. And first they called a penalty, and Hockley's crew picked it up. And now the NFL said it was a penalty, and in fact Whitehead will probably get uh, – Fine, but there are a lot of strange things that happen. That, that, that's my rant, but uh, it, it was a lucky day for Dirk Cutter. He doesn't even know how many timeouts. The Bucks coach doesn't even know how many timeouts you're allowed. Apparently in, in overtime. Uh, and he called one to challenge a, a, a call, and then he, he was told you can't challenge a call, but you, you, we're going to charge you with the uh, timeout. So Mr. He, Cutter bailed out by Chandler Catanzaro. The leader. Your, your boy, Chandler your hero Catanzaro, of the week. Yeah, he went from goat to hero in, in less than 30 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, kicked in the longest, over, longest field goal in overtime history in NFL history. After so. missing a chip shot to win the game earlier and bef- after – after missing another kick on an extra point earlier yeah. in that game. So going from goat to hero yeah, is right. I would imagine there was no pressure on him taking a 59-yarder because no one expected <laughs> him to make it. So You saw the look uh, on Baker's face when he made that. He yeah. was in disbelief. So, And Jameis Winston, again, played his inconsistent way. He threw some great passes, and then he, he, he – Went through a horrible stretch of play. I think you can count on multiple turnovers for Jameis almost every game, right? One fumble, one interception, two interceptions like he usually he has. Now he takes sacks, too. Huh? Yeah, he's taking the sack. I mean, he's never been that mobile of a quarterback. I, I don't know. He's, he, he has a big arm, but he hasn't been – I don't know. I never looked at him as really an athletic scrambling yeah, type of quarterback. Yeah, in that particular game before the field goal, the Buccaneers had a first down on the Cleveland 36 – and then Winston takes sacks on two consecutive plays. Are you going to talk about your hero in the Bucks, Chandler Catanzaro, bailing out Dirk Cutter? I'm going to talk about our boy, Marlon Mack, University of South Florida Overrated. alum, oh, Booker High out. School alum, went to my high school and my college. Got to give a shout-out to Marlon Mack. Had a killer day, 19 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Since, since he's been back fully healthy in that backfield, with Andrew Luck throwing the ball, Marlon Mack's been the perfect 
piece at running back for the Indianapolis Colts, who improved the 2-5, and five, completely destroyed the Bills 37-5 at home. Marlon Mack, when he's healthy, he battled injuries all last year and was splitting time with Frank Gore. Gore's not there anymore, and he's put your boy Naheem Hines into fantasy football wasteland with, with Marlon Mack being back in that backfield. Kudos to Marlon Mack for playing his ass off the last two weeks. I always love to see a former USF Bull doing big things in the league. And last week I gave my shout-out to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Obviously, Marlon Mack, even deeper and more dear to my heart, being that he went to Booker High School here in Sarasota, Florida, Class 2006 stand up so moving on to looking at the game tomorrow night right we got thursday night football miami dolphins at the houston texans houston favored by seven and a half points low over under a 45 on the game brock osweiler seeing his third start what are your thoughts in this game mr allendale do the texans get their fifth win yeah, I, in I, a row I, I think the once dead revived texans they win again and they're on their way to a really good season i don't know how deshaun watson doesn't he's so banged up collapsed lung He's going to be riding the Greyhound bus, I heard, to the game. <laughs> but see, I like <laughs> Had to ride the bus to, their, to the game for well, the last Well, it's not a bus me or you would take. It was a special bus with a, with a you know, a cafe, cafeteria lounge and all that kind of stuff. But still. First class bus it. status. Yeah. I well, mean, I mean, if you get to Deshaun Watson, I mean, you got, you got to give it to the guy. He's had multiple ACL tears in his college and pro careers. Yeah, he's but, back. He's winning football games behind a completely depleted offensive line who they did – the Texans did nothing to help that situation during the draft or the offseason. They start 0-3, and he's been banged up. Chest injury. He had a partially collapsed lung. That's insane. Know. I mean, Deshaun you know, Watson, just that's th- got to be my, one of my raves of the week for sure. Thankful that they didn't have to play over in England because he would have taken a, taken a boat over there to England, and I, I probably, I'm guessing, take five or six days. Cocaine is so. a hell of a drug. chips in tow, Mr. Deshaun yeah, Watson. Yeah, you got to worry about uh, – I mean, I mean, Another like, here's here's the thing. Just looking at the Texans, this was a, one of my. If you if we go back to our NFL divisional picks and Super Bowl picks podcast before the season started, we went into every division. We picked our division champions. I picked the Texans, and then what we also did was pick two sleepers in each conference who could make a deep run in the playoffs. The Chiefs were on my picks. My second pick was the Texans, and I wasn't so proud of that pick after Week Three, but. The three losses for the Texans, they've lost by seven, three, and five. All three of their losses have been by a touchdown or less. And, yeah, they've had some close wins too, but they had a a dominating 20-7 win over the Jags. You look at their schedule coming up, Dolphins, Broncos, Redskins, Titans, Browns, Colts, Jets. Okay, they have a very – soft schedule a winnable schedule going forward they play at the eagles in week 16 finish up the season at home week 17 against the jags again houston texans are a team if they keep rolling man they could be winning 10 12 plus games this season and 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 really go into the playoffs on a tear deshaun watson one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league in terms of his ability to run the ball and throw it deep and he's had he's had a he hasn't been. He hasn't had the numbers he had last season. He's got to take. He got. He's got to turn down his interceptions a little bit, but still ten touchdowns on the year, almost two thousand passing yards on the year as well. So yeah, he's yeah, having a good, not having a good season. DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans. He, oh, he's, he's, a beast. he's been absolutely fantastic, and he's putting on a highlight reel show by himself. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just excited to be leads here. The, leads the Texans with four touchdowns on the season, averaging fifteen yards a catch, seven hundred and seven yards. That's almost more than twice the next guy, which is Will Fuller. He has more than twice as many targets as Will Fuller. Seventy one targets. Next highest is thirty nine on that team. Forty seven catches. 
DeAndre Hopkins, you could argue he's the best receiver in football. A lot of people say Adele, that's the truth. Adele Beckham wouldn't like The guy they call Nuke. I'd take, oh, take DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins in the class with Julio and Antonio Brown and A.J. Green. Those, those no, to me no. are the four. I'll, I'll put Odell Beckham as number five. No Adam Thielen in that group? I think Adam Thielen deserves to be mentioned in the group, but – you know, Stephon Diggs is the receiver who actually draws the most attention from defenses in that offense, and he's a reason why Thielen gets open on a lot of plays. So I think Stephon Diggs has got to be up there right with Thielen. Those, that's, that's the most powerful one-two punch in terms of receivers in the league for sure in Minnesota. But I, I think just for me, I mean, the, some of the most exciting games to look for in week eight, Packers at Rams, 425 afternoon start. Oh, Rams favored by nine and a half. I, I bet, bet the Packers line on that one, and we'll do our NFL Vegas quick picks episode Later in the week where myself and Mr. Allendale pick every single game against the spread. We talked about the Saints at Vikings on Sunday Night Football. Another big-time clash. And a few other good games that, that's, that, that, that could go down to the wire. Ravens at Panthers. Browns at Steelers. Is it a blowout? Did the Browns get the upset? Eagles at Jaguars in London. There's some good competitive games on the schedule. One of, one of the tougher weeks to, to make picks, in my opinion, looking at all the lines that Vegas has put out so far this week. What are you most looking forward to in week eight, Mr. Allen Dell, before we wrap well, this up? I'm looking for the Green Bay Packers to, and finally get a, set Aaron Jones loose. I mean, <laughs> everybody's <laughs> saying he, he, he's, he's, a, he's a special running back, uh, a franchise running back, but he's not getting the, he's not getting the work that he's he's buried down on the depth chart. To be honest with you, yeah, fa- to fantasy owners' chagrin, including myself, I've had him stashed on my bench all year. Started him this first game back, he had a really good game, and since then his carries have seem snaps have seemingly gone down. The, every time the Packers are trailing, Coach Mike McCarthy insists on putting one of the other two guys in because he thinks they're better pass Yeah, they're, they're searching for a running back who can be a defensive maker, and he's there. He's already there, so I don't know what, what the, what's going he's on. He's there. And a lot of people saying that that could be Mike McCarthy's demise. If the Packers don't make the playoffs, if they get eliminated early, and he doesn't give Aaron Jones the ball as much. Aaron Rodgers has gone to bat for Aaron Jones in interviews post-game, so – is the grudge going to continue between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy? Winning, winning cures everything, but the Packers are three, two, and one, and if they lose to the Rams, they're right to five hundred. Yeah, that's I, not that's I, not where you want. I, that's I, not where Packers I, fans I, want them to be. I remember when they played Buffalo early in the year, and and he only had eleven carries, but he had well, there were six, sixty-five yards, and he. Uh, and he had six missed tackles. That's why we took the damn field. Eleven carries. Yeah, he's one of the most efficient runners in the league when he gets to work. Yeah, that's for sure. You look at almost every statistics: yards, a- yards after first first contact, in, in a yards per carry overall. Aaron Jones is a beast. He's got to get the work though. Give him 15, 20 carries a game. I think you'll see that offense turn into a new dimension there in Green Bay. I want to put him in my fantasy starting lineup, man. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, that's, that's going to wrap it up here for our weekly. NFL Rants and Rays podcast, the Family Feud Sports Podcast, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, debate the week's hottest sports news. Every week we put out our fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast, our NFL Rants and Rays podcast that you're listening to now, as well as our college football insider preview and our NFL Vegas quick picks episode. We'll be coming out with some NBA content in the near future as well, making our NBA division and NBA finals picks. Myself and Mr. Allendale, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer. That does it for now. We'll see you next time later this week, guys and gals. Peace out.
Can we get a fucking drummer song? 